Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. I'm Notch. And I'm Sasha. This week, real football is back. Arsenal is going all the way. Wait, hold on. I'm hearing something in my ear. Wait, what? What? David Luiz is on the pitch? No! And we're back to We Call It Soccer after an eventful week, to say the least. The Premier League is back. The Orlando Pride are gone. The... What other piece of momentous soccer news has broken? It's been 10 years yesterday since Landon Donovan scored against Algeria, destroying the hearts of Algerians everywhere. And, uh, you know... Also making us happy, but that's neither here nor there. I did not know that Nico Cantor had called that Algeria goal. Did not know that. No. Yeah, he, it's, it's, mean, a, he, it's a. He brought the heart of all of all Algeria, but also he inspired tens of dozens of U.S. fans. So. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. Uh, yeah, I. I'm trying to think if there's there's another goal call in my life that I remember more than goal goal USA or goal goal USA whatever it is Ian Dark's uh, call that apparently in an interview recently he was like I didn't like that I I actually really didn't think I did a good job of that game <laughs> like bro everybody loves you for that thing <laughs> I vaguely uh, remember the John Brooks goal uh, four years later <laughs> in Stana. The one where he grabs his head and he's like, yeah, oh, can't my believe God. It. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe it's been two fucking World Cups since the the South Africa World Cup? Like, it's it's kind of hard to, to like, it, it Russia kind of, I, I, I'm sorry, Sasha. I feel like the Russia World Cup just blends into nothingness in my mind. Um, and it's just still, like, South Africa World Cup seems like yesterday. But it was 10 years ago. Holy crap. Man. It's weird that like both 2010 and 2014 seem more vivid. I agree with you on that. Those World Cups, yeah, like 20, like, I don't 2018. You're like, what happened? Oh yeah, Belgium, France, right? Mexico beat Germany, but then it's hard, it's really hard to like think of vivid moments. So okay, I I thought of a, a question for you guys, which is so there was news today that the EU might choose to bar Americans from entering the eu because of our COVID status and i wanted to know if you could ban one animal from this country which one would it be mosquitoes why? mosquitoes that's an insect it's an animal no it's an <laughs> insect insects are animals notch yeah this is okay now we're gonna go to is a, is a taco a sandwich as an ex discussion, but no, no I mean, I, I scientifically, with Caleb, it <laughs> insects are animals. Well, we're all going to choose mosquitoes then. Come on now, this isn't fair. That's why I went you first. Could... Sasha couldn't take it. Man, in front of me. <laughs> Caleb <laughs> finally, after like hundred some episodes, ruined my fucking question for the first time. My plan Holy is working. Ah oh, man! All right, I'm just going to give up. No question this week. We're done. No more episode, listeners. This is it. We're ending. We call it soccer. We've reached the. This was I. That was the final boss. The for my questions were the final boss. No, stop! Uh, please come back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, uh, I should say thank you to our 
patrons on Patreon. You are amazing, amazing folks who have donated your hard-earned or maybe, you know, easy-earned money. I don't know. Maybe some of you have easy jobs. I'm not sure. But thank you. It is very much appreciated on our end. Uh, we have had a couple new patrons last week. Thank you for signing up new. Uh, if you have a friend that you would like to encourage to listen to We Call Soccer, that goes to patrons and non-patrons, we would really love for you to, to introduce them to our show because we are making great content every week and we want more listeners. We will never be satisfied. We want more. More. Uh... Is that is that from a movie? I forget like why I was doing that. I, like halfway through, I was like, "Where did this come from?" I think you were channeling your inner mosquito, just like they have an insatiable insatiable need for blood. Insatiable. You have an insatiable desire for for viewers. <laughs> it is true, for listeners. Listeners, right? Yeah, it is. It is true that 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 does happen. Um, I, I have a quick question. Do you guys know how they were controlling mosquitoes in Brazil recently? Oh, this was like four or five years ago. They were introducing I mean, neutered male mosquitoes, like thousands and thousands of neutered male mosquitoes into the habitat. So the male mosquitoes that were neutered would try to mate and then they wouldn't have viable offspring. But then the female mosquitoes would think that they've made it so their mating drive would go away. It's kind of the way it works. All I'm saying is I, I hope you all don't deal with me and my insatiable thirst for listeners the way they dealt with mosquitoes in Brazil. So... I just feel like that's that's one of those like moments where Jeff Goldblum is like, and yet the mosquitoes found a way. Right, right. It's true. It's true. <laughs> hey, uh, let us. Yeah, but mosquito. I just want to say mosquito park would be way less successful than Jurassic, Jurassic Park. <laughs> the, that no depends on the size there. of the mosquitoes. That dis- that depends on the size and how how mutated those mos- those mos- those mosquitoes and are. And that's a bigger disaster. I mean, <laughs> come on. T Rex versus giant mosquito. Mosquito wins nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is this is one more of those uh, Jeff Goldblum <laughs> quotes, you know, with the giant mosquitoes. Where it's like, Sasha, you were so preoccupied with whether or not you could that you didn't stop to think <laughs> if you should create <laughs> giant mosquitoes in an amusement park. Okay. <laughs> you think the giant mosquitoes would eat the little mosquitoes? <laughs> I guess, by the way, I have a topic for our in-depth Patreon exclusive. <laughs> Is, is it going to be mutated mosquito hierarchy? Like, <laughs> is, it, is it weird if our in-depth conversation is longer than the episode? <laughs> like, but hey, for real, we have an in-depth conversation this week about MLS jerseys and which ones we like and how we feel about each one that you're going to see featured in the 2020 MLS season or, you know, as much of it as we have. And uh, so, so if you subscribe to our podcast at a $10 or higher level, uh, or five dollar higher level, you'll get that one. At a ten dollar higher level, you will get our "Let's Talk About" episodes. My first one, released on our Patreon feed, was about Star Trek. It's a quick primer. You know, I make these dumb Star Trek references, and I was like, I should explain where it is. And some of you who choose to l- watch NWSL and CBS All Access, if I haven't said that a hundred times on this podcast already, you get Star Trek. So watch it. It's pretty cool. And then you'll get my funny, funny jokes. Okay. Wait, what are you guys doing for your Let's Talk About episodes? I uh, talk about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and I don't know the best job of it, but I hope I can convert some people to anime through it. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Run the Jewels' latest album, RTJ4, and I'm going to try and put us on music for my Let's Talk Abouts, so different albums every month. 
And let's talk about, of course, our 15-minute off-topic episodes on a topic of our choice, one a month from each of us for our $10 per month patrons. So again, if you're if you already signed up, thank you for doing that. We appreciate you. And let's move on with the show and move into our first segment called Bad Guys. Yes, a segment where we discuss American soccer's bad guys, the Orlando Pride players who went to the bar instead of, you know, playing it safe. I make that joke, but at the same time, I don't fault the players. Let's talk about NWSL, obviously, first. We just heard that the Orlando Pride are going to be unable to play in the NWSL Challenge Cup because their players tested positive. I believe it was, what is it, 6 or 10? The, the NWSL? It, it, it's... T- it's 10 combined with staff and players, yeah. Okay, I think it was six players, four staff, who are all asymptomatic and tested positive for COVID. It's, th- it's their decision for the organization not to go and put other teams at risk. Um, is it Has it been confirmed that the uh, inciting incident was uh, did together at a bar? Or is that... That's what Meg like, Linehan on okay. Athletic reported. And... Let's let's be blunt here. I, I I want I do want to address that real quick, which is that the bars opened because the government said that they were safe to open. Yeah, and if you're an underpaid, overworked athlete like the NWSL athletes are, I mean, again, league minimum in that league is twenty thousand dollars. You know what? Like, I, I can't fault people for listening to the government and going to a bar. Like, I'm not doing it at the moment, but like. That's my choice. And with how much conflicting right. information is, this is such a difficult situation. I, I don't think I can I can be like, oh, boo Orlando Pride players, you know? I don't think you yeah, – I agree with you. You can't put it all on they're on the Pride players. Should they know better? Maybe. But also all the information coming at them, from especially from in-state, is contradictory to what they should be doing, which is staying home and staying safe and minimizing contact and six feet apart, all that good stuff. But their governor is – notoriously bad at his job at keeping the citizens safe and as we've said before on this podcast florida's rates of infection are going up and it's no wonder that orlando pride's players were part of that because if you're with the league minimum and just winded it out and do something before you head off to utah um they it, it was risky and it Infected some of their players, now there's some of their staff, and part of the blame goes there, but I don't think the full blame should be put on the players that went out to the bar. Yeah. Obviously. Um, and again, we're sending NBAs going there, MLS is going to, to Florida. It's not a safe place to be. And I mean, Novak Djokovic, you know, in tennis news, real quick, also hosted a tournament where he got COVID, others got COVID. Like, there are people, there's smart people making bad choices. And it's, this is an unprecedented situation. I don't think a lot of us, at least professional athletes, I don't know if they're 100-year-old professional athletes, but like, unless they they haven't lived through the past pandemic, man, like, you know, you don't know what to do. And like, there's no like rule book that you, that is like tried and tested. And everyone has their own opinion, especially in this country. And like, like you're saying, Caleb, I, I think you can question the prudence of it, but I don't think you can be like, boo. Anyway, uh, Challenge Cup rosters have been announced. They are still deliberating, I believe, what the format is going to look like without the Pride. And we have some players from the U.S. national team who are not going to play. 
Yeah, Megan Rapinoe's not going to be there. Uh, Christian Press, Heath, they're all going to uh, opt out by choice. Uh, Morgan will not be there from because of post-pregnancy. Uh, Lloyd so, and wait, Pugh so are you're both saying, injured. So you're saying Heath out? <laughs> all it took was a pandemic? Damn. Oh, God. <laughs> don't, say all, don't say all it took. <laughs> uh, oh, no. my God. Uh, uh, Heath, like the mutated mosquitoes, will survive the pandemic, uh, Caleb. <laughs> so, I, I think I will... Um, yeah, I, I, I just... I, I feel so bad for the NWSL. I feel so bad for the Pride because I think this is the first soccer team to choose not to play in a tournament, like an entire team having to pull out of a tournament that yeah. I've heard of. Um worldwide and gosh it's you, you there was a post from um the captain of the pride ashlyn harris who st- who posted a, a instagram story uh from a drive-in testing center just looking i mean you know you know when a photograph just like conveys all the emotion and you don't need to read the text like that's that's the kind of post this was but um she she come she was coming out and saying that uh, she had she was sleeping across on a different part of the house than her wife. She was um, worried and waiting to get tested. And like, it's it's just sad, a sad scene, man. When when you have to see folks like that, like get so worried. And then you remember that this is something that's happening across our country, and it's not just related to soccer. And it kind of makes me mad, man. It kind of makes me mad that people are suffering like this. Um, so if you're listening out there, I hope you're keeping safe, be smart. And, um, I'm, I'm like, I, we've said this in the past where different leagues have started, but I'm, I'm wishing for the best for all of our, you know, soccer players out there who are, who are getting into, into games. So, um, yeah, it was, it was just, just kind of tough to deal with that news, I think. But, uh, let's, any, anything, any final NWSL thoughts on that or anything else? Okay, let's move on to talking about MLS, where um, this week we said we were going to do the preview of the MLS is back. Hashtag MLS is back. Sorry, Garber almost decided to cut our money there by when I didn't say the hashtag MLS is back. But the tournament is back. And um, before we get to that, though, we, we should talk about the fact that now there is a black players coalition within an MLS. Ike Opara, a important person a board member of that organization as well yeah uh his fellow board board members are ray Dadis, cj sapon quincy martois martois kendall watts waston jeremy babasi sean johnson bill hamid earl edwards jr julio anibaba kai tomorrow and justin morrow Justin morrow will also serve as the executive director of the uh, black players coalition um founded officially on juneteenth um very symbolic in American history and uh, would bring that to the forefront as well. Um, the goals are to address racial inequality within MLS, fight racism in soccer, and uh, lift up black voices, make a positive impact on black communities in the U.S. and Canada. Um, if you're on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, you can follow them at BPC um, MLS. Uh, let's move on to talking about the hashtag MLS is back tournament. Sasha, you called it Disney Park last week. They are in Disney Park, uh, the ES, uh, technically the ESPN Wide World of Sports Stadium, I believe it's called. And uh, however, ESPN, of course, owned by Disney. And uh, I'm just wondering right now, 
Will uh, Mark Dos Santos get his money back? Because he was fined before the season for calling MLS a Mickey Mouse League. And uh, it it is now, right? I mean, he just predicted the future. Um, we should ask him um, what should happen next year. Um, ask him for some stocks maybe to invest in. Um, yeah, I think he's right. a, a prophet. Or a precog. Yeah, definitely. Or a, pre- or a precog, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of the things that they're that is going to affect this tournament quite a bit is the weather in Florida. It is hot, so they're going kickoffs are going to be at nine a.m., eight p.m., and ten thirty p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Big oof on that last one. And this is this is of course to try and play when the sun is at its uh, not at its zenith. I don't know what's the opposite of a zenith. I don't know what the, what that is. Unzenith. I, I, I don't know. Unzenith. Yes. Unzenith. Okay, that's that. We'll go with that. And also, like a birth in twenty twenty one, Concacaf Champions League is at stake here. Uh, also, all the teams will be earning points towards the regular season, which will supposed to resume at the end of this thing. Don Garber, of course, saying that he expects there to be some games with the audience, or at least he he can't discount the possibility. Guess what? I can. Uh, so has yeah. Minnesota United. Mostly, they they offered their season ticket holders the chance to put all the money that's been paid into 2020 season tickets into 2021 season tickets. They said if there are matches later, there will be a uh, kind of season ticket holders will have first dibs in buying buying 2020 tickets if they occur. Uh, all 54 matches in this tournament are going to air on MLS partner networks. Broadcasts will feature experimental technologies, including. Interactive fan elements, unprecedented access to players and coaches to create a unique experience for viewers. If I was the players, given the reputation of Trump, I would want to be unprecedented right now as well. I, <laughs> I don't think I'd want to go anywhere near him. Uh, not good for PR, you know. I mean, what kind of unprecedented access are we talking about for players? Are we going to be hearing a lot of uh, hot mics, <laughs> a couple of F-bombs being dropped by Ozzy Alonso? That did happen last year in Portland. <laughs> he did tell multiple players or someone next to a hot mic to fuck off three times in a row. They did fuck off here since got he said that. In it. I, I love Ozzy. I don't care. <laughs> He's the best. And he did that and got away and didn't get a card yeah, for dissent. Got nothing. <laughs> doesn't the Senate have to convict you of? Doesn't the Senate have to convict you of dissent before you can? It's only the House can. I think you're put stuck the charges. on the whole presidented thing, presidential thing. We're, this is soccer. Um, no, no, we call it soccer. This is football. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right, podcast is over. Uh, I'm at Tails in seven one six. Tetonics and good night. so the first game is going to be on july 8th of this tournament it's going to be orlando versus inter miami what a coincidence that was announced before the draw then it turned out it wasn't a coincidence at all it had been planned all along because it's like it's probably the 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 condition of the of the draw orlando was like you're gonna play in our town well we get to play miami and we get to win like (laughs) we can take that <laughs> so that's going to be the first game July 8th. The final is on August 11th, 2020 if we still have a functioning civilization by then. And uh, there was a draw. We talked about the draw in last week's episode where Charlie Davies had a little egg carrier with little ping pong balls that had been cut in half. Brutally cut in half. 
I mean, just imagine you're going about your day as a ping pong ball. You're cut in half and a slip of paper is put inside you. Like, that's awful, man. It's horrific treatment. <laughs> I want to be the voice of the masses on this. Uh, that draw was rigged. Uh, you can you can you can say it's a conspiracy, but like look at the results. And I know there will be people who argue in certain groups that certain things didn't happen. But come on, you get El Trafico in a group. I mean, and I know you didn't get. I I have a feeling that the the MLS conferences are rigged, dude. Because Seattle and Portland in the same conference, like how does that happen? <laughs> okay, and like Vancouver as well. All the teams in Cascadia in a single. It's like MLS wanted those games, man. Every it happens every year. Every year, you know, I'm telling you that we there's there's a force at play here that we are not watching. Okay, we don't know. We need we need to think it out. Think it out, people. Take the tinfoil off there, Notch. Okay. Do you think with the quality of the broadcast and the quality of MLS broadcasting in general for live events, they had the capacity to bridge this? No, come on. <laughs> you can't plan that far ahead. The only thing they have planned for live broadcast is a 30-minute pregame show and a 10-minute actual show. That's all they have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah, I uh, we, we'll have to see. Um what uh what whether this draw works out i i you know i am i am with sasha on the whole it's kind of rigged thing even though logistically as you're saying caleb it'll be very difficult to do but at the same time part the logical part of me is like they just had like what five groups i mean or, or whatever the number of groups is i don't know f is what the 20th letter in the alphabet i don't fucking know i'm not an english teacher people Go somewhere else if you need that kind of counting, okay? Um, anyway, so they had only a limited number of groups, and some of them, some of these dabes were gonna end up in the same group. Like it, it happens, you know. So, anyway, I, I just, I live on air. I went from Rush Limbaugh to Tucker Carlson, and then finally turned into like, I don't know who's a sane TV pundit. I have no idea. I don't watch news. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can understand why you can see, but I, my belief in this was just like. After El Trafico, I'm like, okay, it's plausible that it's it's not rigged. But then the hell is real Derby? Come on. Like, really? <laughs> what are the chances you get that as well? MLS is I like, know. you know, let's make the most important derbies happen. Cascadia? Nah. But Ohio? Yes. So MLS oh, no, they, is they, all they... about yap stam to... stabbing Columbus players. Because that's how he rolls. Well, they just wanted to, in the middle of 2020, the worst year in history, to, to remind us that hell is real. And we are living in it right now. Yeah. <laughs> MLS became the hell is real derby. Life. And Satan is the head of state. I get that, it. That should be the yeah. name of the tournament, honestly. Hell is real tournament. It's in a field somewhere in Ohio. We don't know where. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It has to still be in Orlando because it's hot as fuck. And so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of Orlando, let's jump into the groups. The first group is Group A. Uh, it should also be mentioned. Nashville changed conferences. They went from the west to the east for this for the purposes of this tournament. Um, fun times. Uh, group A is also imbalanced in size. They have six members as opposed to every other group, which has four. The um, the, the format is such that uh, this in in other groups, all the teams will all play each other. However. Because of the because of the unbalanced uh, thing, they're gonna have this group play. I think it's only three other teams. Each team will play only three other teams of the five teams in their group. So that's the thing that happens, uh, apparently. 
Um, and so five other teams, I should say. There's one team and five other teams. And remember, we established. I can't count. Okay, moving on. We have Orlando City, Inner Miami, New York City FC, Philadelphia Union, Chicago Fire, and Nashville SC all in here. Uh, which team isn't going to make it, do you think, and why is the first choice Nashville? Uh, the first choice is Nashville because they're not good. Um, second choice is definitely Chicago because of their logo. <laughs> that doesn't inspire anything. As as long as MLS is rigging stuff, you know, make the team with the lowest like marketing quality go away. Just make it make it disappear. I uh, should also but, say, uh, a- really quick, sorry, Sasha, I want to mention the format. It's the top two teams that I believe go into the knockout. So um, it's going to be two teams, and then the third team can be possible knockout stage based on the ranking of all the third place teams. Of out of the, there are going to be six, four of them go through. So who are your choices, Caleb, for top three? Uh, top three, I think uh, Philadelphia number one, NYCFC number two, and then oh god, they're all so awful. Ugh. I guess Orlando. I I don't know. Because <laughs> no, you don't know. Because they'll they'll they they're just you know they they they're in the home turf. I think you made a you know Orlando might be one of those things because they they've been training down there in the heat. And I yeah. think Peter Vermees on MLS dot com uh, said that the heat is going to be a deciding factor in this tournament. So that could be a, a way to do it. Uh, Sasha, who you got? Uh, I'm also going to go with Philly. Uh maybe Orlando, there's not home field advantage, but maybe they're just like, we we know what's been going on, so we're more prepped. And I'd say uh, if Chicago so- happens to lose Calvo on their charter flight down, their chance <laughs> of clinching third, like double. <laughs> He's the unaccompanied minor and he gets lost. Uh, should mention NYCFC signed Nicholas Acevedo, who was able to finally join his teammates at training. He's a 21-year-old Uruguayan midfielder. Uh, it should also be mentioned that Henry Bushnell on Yahoo Soccer said that uh, there is a way to balance this. Uh, so basically, Group A will send either 33% or 50% of its teams to the knockout stage. Other groups will send 50% or 75%. The or there is because of uh, the ranking of the third place teams. And the way to fix it would be to have the third place team from Group A automatically qualify the three highest point earners out of the the other five third place finishers and the fourth place team from group A to also qualify this would apparently make the odds of getting into the knockout round equal for all the teams across the tournament or close to equal uh, all right now with that math done with let's move on to group B which is from the west when i think B i think west Seattle, FC Dallas, Vancouver, and the San Jose Earthquakes. Who you got for one, two, three, four? No, Sasha. No, I see you wanting to say Seattle. I don't think you should be a homer, man. Come on. Uh, I mean, if you look at the way the group is set up, that's how they're going to finish. I completely um, agree. (laughs) You might as well not even play any games and just submit this as the the final table. Like... Like Dallas does have a history of upsetting Seattle, but Seattle also has a history of upsetting Dallas. They've they've faced off so many times in the playoffs. It's like its own rivalry, which feeds into my conspiracy theory, by the way. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be Dallas and, and Seattle, San Jose. I mean, not really. No, San Jose did it in their last game of the season get smashed by Minnesota United. So there is that a uh, whole situation. They're coming in Hell on yeah. bad form. 
bad form, guys. Vancouver, yeah, I, I, they are kind of a tire fire. I can see them being a third place team that just doesn't make it to the knockouts because they are um, they're, they're lower placed than uh, other third place teams. Let's move it, on to groups. Scale up. What do you got? I just want that Vancouver San Jose game to be really fun to watch. And like, I want to see some bad soccer. Just watch this I game. Feel like. You know, we're, we're fucking with the format. Why not just make that game the one that there's just a whole bunch of, like, uh, you know, grease, like, put on the field so Let's that all the players are slipping and sliding? Have the one, have that one played at uh, at Magic Kingdom. There you the, go. At I, I like to play it. in, like, one of the... Yeah. Yeah. Caleb, if you want to see some bad soccer, I have the North London team for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's move on to Group C, where it's Toronto FC, New England Revolution, Montreal Impact, and DC United. Oof. This is, I, I think there there could be some fun games here, especially between like Toronto and and Montreal. You've got the Canadian Derby right there. Is that what's called? I have no idea. Uh, and then you have <laughs> Toronto versus DC. Um, Pepa Higuain is coming back for DC United. He is uh, recovered enough from his ACL tear last year that he's able to play. My gut, my gut yes. says Toronto up top. Um, the the rest of the group is so close. I think I, uh, New England Montreal did play already once this season, and it was a two two draw. I think. Do not quote me on that. I th- actually Montreal. I think Montreal won. Um, and DC has looked pretty bad so far this season. Um, I'm I'm gonna go Toronto up top, go Montreal second, and New England third. DC at the bottom. I got the other way with New England and Montreal because even though Thierry Henry is a good player and I, I have trust in his ability as a coach, I think Bruce Arena's experience is gonna help him coming into this tournament. He he's gonna know what to do in those like crunch situations. Uh, so I, I see them coming in second behind Toronto. That's a really interesting point, Sasha, because Bruce has also coached teams that play a whole lot of games together, which is close together, which is what this tournament is going to have. So that that experience of how to lead players in that kind of situation in a tournament setting where everyone's away from home, that psychological element of the locker room situation <clears throat> could come in helpful for, for New England there. And That's luckily, what I'm talking. Yeah. Sorry. Luckily for Bruce, the game's not in Trinidad. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Hey, so I'm hearing an announcement from MLS that's going to come out tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Dude. Group D, which is in the Western Conference. Uh, Real Salt Lake, Sporting Kansas City, Colorado Rapids, and your Minnesota United FC. Hey, what a coincidence. We got drawn with our rivals. Um, <laughs> rivals in air quotes. Our Heineken rivals. Our, our Heineken rivals. I, I'm yeah. talking about Real Salt Lake. I don't know who you're talking about. I fucking hate three two <laughs> beer. What up? Everyone does not. <laughs> Everyone does. <laughs> so okay, this is this is an eminently winnable group for Minnesota United. I think some of that depends on SKC's uh, bounce back ability. Uh, whether they they fixed their problems from last year, and they did they did win both of their games so far this year. So maybe maybe problem solved, and they're gonna steamroll us like they typically do when we meet them in a tournament. But with the Rapids, with Salt Lake, I I I don't know, guys. I'm feeling a little bit of hope. Help me help me feel unhappy about this. Um, the Rapids aren't a bad team anymore. 
Um, I think Robin Fraser is a very good coach. I think um, they showed signs of promise in the two two games they played. Oh man. Um, but but Caleb. that being said, Kansas City looked their defense is still very porous. Caleb, I I wanna I wanna share though. Minnesota United has such a great record against Colo. Oh yeah, okay, no, okay, all right. My point that. exactly. That not true. Um, okay, I'm still right. going. Uh, Minnesota first, Colorado second, uh, Kansas City third, and Salt Lake fourth. We also have to remember that Colorado Rapids survived the plague last year. So for all we know, they're like superhuman <laughs> and COVID won't affect them at all. Um, so uh, unlike Reddit's great analysis, which said every team in this group is a sleeper, uh, Colorado Rapids are the sleeper, I'd say. Um I'm actually more afraid of them than uh, RSL or SKC. Um, I think we should finish first. And either SKC or Rapids finish second. I, I don't think RSL really will will do it. Let's talk about uh, group. Well, what, one last thing. I think this is the group D is a group where I would watch all of the games. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Hey, let's talk about group E where everyone's favorite team, mm, Atlanta United, is in there. Uh, with FC Cincinnati, New York Red Bulls, and Columbus Crew, this is the Hell is Real group uh, with both the Ohio teams. FC Cincinnati, by the way, a couple of pieces of news. FC Cincinnati is going to stream all the games on their website. They are, they've canceled their Flow Sports deal. Atlanta United also had two players test positive for COVID. The interesting news here is that the second player had already been isolated due to contract tracing from the first player's uh, positive test. Uh, if you will recall, Premier League teams had people test positive in the weeks leading up to the restart of the Premier League. So I think this is one of those things that can be blown out of proportion and seem like it's a really, really bad thing. And it, maybe it could turn out that way. But at the moment, we got to keep it in perspective that this sort of thing is going to happen. Um, and and we got, it remains to be seen what impact, if any, it has on the tournament. All right, with that, what's your, what's your analysis of this group, guys? Uh, you're not going to like it. No. Well, no, nobody. Okay, Caleb. Nobody's paid us one thousand dollars a month yet. Okay, oh, so okay. you can. Yeah, fine. It's fine. Um, Cincinnati's last, obviously, obviously, obviously. What do you think? Yap Stam is not good enough. Siam Diong is not going to change the fucking world. Siam Diong was washed out five years ago, so no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think Atlanta will top the group. Um, even with Joseph Martinez gone, uh, the other Martinez who's named for getting because it's been you know seven years since he's played is <laughs> too good. So uh, Barco, um, I think as much stick as Frank DeBoer has gotten, he's a decent coach that can organize a defense very well. So it'll be tough to break down. And we've seen in the Premier League that if your offense isn't firing, if you're isn't if your midfield isn't on point, you can't break down a defense, you can't store, especially a well organized one. So I think they'll top the group. I think it'll be, I think it'll be Columbus Crew in second, New York Red Bulls in third, FC Cincinnati at a dismal fourth place. <clears throat> Sasha, I can definitely agree, agree with you on uh, Cincinnati being in fourth, uh, but I'm actually gonna say I, I have brain damage because I'm about to say. Former Portland coach Caleb Porter is going to post his name wrong. It. <laughs> he does. Uh, I think I think they can finish first. 
Atlanta United, even without Joseph Martinez, squeak through second just because they have this, I don't know, ego boost. Like, they, they think they're entitled to be winners. Uh, New York Red Bulls haven't been really that impressive when they went down to Dallas. So, I think they'll finish third. I think Atlanta also have that benefit of being weather similar to Florida. They've been training in, in the heat, so... Um, I think that's why I find it hard as much as I hate them to put Atlanta anywhere other than top. But yeah, I think um, those Red Bulls crew uh, matchups are going to be fun to watch. Let's, uh, or, or, or the matchup, I should say. Let's talk about Group F in the West, where LAFC takes on LA Galaxy. Houston Dynamo uh, are in there too, and so are the Timbers. I think, I suspect we're going to be hard-pressed to say anyone other than LAFC is going to top this group. They are the best betting odds from DraftKings right now in terms of winning the whole damn tournament. So, um, Which is ironic because in this group, everybody who has a star above their badge, uh, it, like every team except LA, uh, LAFC has a star above their badge, if not multiple. Right. Um, so Houston is also a team that, again, is one of those, like, we've been training in the Heat team. So if you want to go with Peter Vermees, they're the team that, that is up there for you. Um they are, though, more likely, I have to admit it now, I'm, I'm switching my stance, to be like, oh, yeah, we've been training the Heat. We still haven't figured out what defense is. Um, <laughs> attack heavy, that Houston Dynamo. Um, speaking of attack, though, the Galaxy haven't, hasn't figured out how to use Chicharito yet. Um, they're pretty abject going forward. And that's going to be difficult. If you, without the sharpness of preseason and, the, and match fitness, you're not going to be able to get into those open areas and get those goals. So it's LAFC at the top for sure. And then just kind of, you could really put any of these three teams in any, any order and I would be fine with it. Do you remember when like Chicharito said some funny stuff to a podcast or interview and that was like a big controversy and we were all concerned with that for a little bit? No, you remember. it was like five years ago yeah, now. Yeah. I was a different person then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that part so is was true. he. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, the Portland Timbers on Monday announced that they had signed a uh, 2020 Super Draft third round pick that they had, Zach McGraw. Uh, and he is the first ever player from the U.S. Military Academy at West Point to sign with the MLS club. Uh, Joe Greenspan, you will recall, was a uh annapolis naval academy graduate and so zach mcgraw now the west point equivalent good for All right, with that i'm gonna go full cons- oh go ahead i was gonna say with that it's time for us to take a break because that was mls and uh we shall return with more we call it soccer in just a moment Welcome back to We Call It Soccer, where we've given you our MLS hot takes. Remember that our Patreon exclusive this week is going to be us discussing the jerseys. You know, the important thing. Forget about what happens on the pitch. It's really what the players wear that matters. Because what's going to be in your closet? Is it going to be the players? I don't think so. I think it's going to be the jerseys. It, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be the players. Let's put that... Guys... Don't kidnap players. That is a bad idea. Yeah, that is wrong. Unless you let Thomas Chacon out of your closet right now. 
unless uh, unless you're like one of the players as partners in which case you know maybe it's a hilarious prank you play on someone who's visiting your house and then you can have one of the players in the closet ready to jump up be like boo you know like that that's fun sometimes you know maybe maybe there's just you have one of those closets that oh, what is it the witch in the wardrobe that opens up into like a secret garden in which case why are you depriving your partner of that kind of satisfaction you know let them in the closet to like check out the secret garden in there did i get that reference right is which in the wardrobe that that one like secret door it's a, it's lying which in the wardrobe and it's an entire fantasy land called narnia ah that's right it's actually quite the opposite of a garden it's snowy and winter wonderland when they first entered. oh really okay yeah. i have not read those books i watched the movie which my partner at the time who was watching it with hated and thought like don't watch this we got don't remember this it's it's like it's not fun it's not correct it's incorrect you know it was fine like most both the movie adaptations they're fine but okay if narnia is a fantasy land is that where don garber's brain lives oh ooh. <laughs> sasha don't don't jeopardize that revenue stream like that come on now i mean garber coin is I pretty cash my jam check right yeah. come on man be cool dude I, I can't find a, ba- a bank to take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Man. Have you tried Zion Bank? Uh. <laughs> they have a stadium, I believe, that for collateral. Uh, okay, let's move on to talking about uh, some soccer from Europe that restarted this past week in a segment that we call The Ludicrous Display. Ray, he's kicked the ball. Now the ball's over there. The thing about the Premier League is that they always try to walk it in. And in this segment, we talk about the latest from the United Kingdom. Hey, the Prem is back. How was it? How did it feel to sit in front of the TV at weird hours watching players on a different continent play? I mean, Premier League is back, but after one week, I can already say, did it have to be? Right. I mean. Are are you an Arsenal fan? (laughs) Yes. I'm 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 so sorry. Um, it's one, oh, just a big drink of whatever you're drinking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I need to drown my tears. <laughs> um, good news, uh, David Luiz has signed the one-year contract, so he'll be here again next year. Yeah, well, now he's calmed his nerves, you know, after getting it, yeah, after letting it so out with that red card against Man City. You know, he was just so nervous. He was like, I have to impress, you know, and now he's, he's um, nothing to play for. For reference, Arsenal lost to City 3 nothing. And David Luiz didn't start, but came on for 30 minutes or so because there were two injuries to uh, Jata in midfield and Pablo Mari, who started at center, at center back. And in his time on the pitch, he um, deflected the ball straight into Raheem Sterling's, pa- Sterling's path for City's first goal. And then... Um, he committed a foul, which... Did- and he, yeah, he gave away a penalty and got sent off, which led to a second goal, obviously. Um, but... Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden, uh, 20-year-old downstairs for Man City, uh, stored the third insult injury goal, we'll call it. This was the second fixture of the day when the Premier League came back. Villa and Sheffield played a nil-nil draw uh, for the very first game that the Premier League came back for. And by the way, it should be mentioned, goal line technology in the very first comeback game involved in making an incredibly obvious mistake as an Aston Villa goalkeeper is clearly with the ball inside the net, like past the line, and goal line technology the, doesn't notice it, referee doesn't call it, it's a mess. 
it's a whole it's an entire mess. The Villa goalkeeper uh, Nyland uh, touches the across, runs into his own player, and falls back into the net. And the the ball is pushed into the net, into the the full ball, which for some reason Dolan technology didn't work. Um, the, the Sheffield was apologized to at halftime by the ref because that's when his watch went off. Usually when Dolan technology ref doesn't see it, his watch will buzz, signifying a goal. And it buzzed while he was in the locker room at halftime, which is too late to give the goal. <laughs> <laughs> a little late on that one. And there's kind of a perfect uh, game to come back down for Premier League. A nil-nil draw with some controversy of technology that's supposed to pitch the game. Exactly. Yeah, and everybody was like, well, if it doesn't work, what's the point of technology? Which is that, no, the problem is that you created all these rules around technology where, like, where it can be used and where it can't be used. Whereas in this case, literally someone with eyes like looking at the video with a, a, a mic who can call the ref and be like, hello, hi, hey, ref, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Funny story, you won't believe this, but and that was, was a goal. You know, like that was all that was needed. And for, there are all these rules like VAR can come in with this and then if goal line does that and then the referee has to, you know, all of that stuff failed because... There wasn't just the, like, there's no rule that says if the VAR guy sees a goal, he can talk to the ref and ma- make the ref give a goal. You know, like, that's all that's, that's all that's needed. You know what I mean? And, yeah, for an extra touch of cruelty, they showed all the Sheffield fans uh, reacting to this goal. Their, their moment of joy followed by a sudden disbelief uh, that was also voiced by the casters. Because, like, even they were saying it was clearly a goal. So, you just referenced something that the Premier League is doing differently in the Bundesliga. They have this screen, uh, apparently, in the stadiums that's showing, uh, uh, what is it, like a ga- like a kind of zoom gallery view of a bunch of Premier League fans reacting to the game. It's kind of neat. It's kind of interesting. I want to know how they select those fans. Is it like a random sample? Is it from their like official watch page or whatever? I don't know what it is. And... Um, but but you you're, the players get to see some sort of reaction to what they're doing. It's kind of neat to see, you know, you can't see the fans in the in the crowd, so maybe it's nice to see, like, 20 of them on the screen. How, how do you guys feel about that? It's, it's, it's fine. All the, all these damage for fans and sports leagues, I do not care. I could give two shits about, honestly. If the fans want to do it, they can do it. I don't, it, it doesn't enjoy, it doesn't enjoy. I, I really don't care. Sasha, you know, does it do anything for you? I mean, I don't need to see the pain on all these Arsenal fans' face. I know exactly what's going through their minds. That's what Arsenal fan TV is for, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there are going to be riots in London, but they're going to be over Arsenal. <laughs> I Okay, okay, Caleb. I, I'm tired, Robbie. I'm tired. The, so here's, here's, here's a scenario for you, Caleb. Imagine that Liverpool... Are winning the you know the, the 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 sixth point. They've just had a goal that gives them the sixth point. You don't want to see like twenty other Liverpool fans going batshit insane, uh, or or at the ninety minute mark when that game ends, the, the players celebrating, Klopp is celebrating, everyone's like jumping all over the place. You don't want to see those twenty fans like that. Wouldn't increase the happiness for you? No, because I I it wouldn't. I I'd still be happy. It wouldn't change my happiness level at all. 
Okay. All right. I, All right. It doesn't affect me. And if people want to do it, fine. If they if they did didn't show it, I wouldn't care. If they do, if, if, since they are showing it, I I don't care. <laughs> I feel nothing about them. <laughs> about this whole thing. thing. I take Those people could die, and I wouldn't give a shit. Oh, Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> What I'm saying is, if they do it or don't, I do not give a shit. Do or do not. That's what I'm saying. There is no try, though. Okay, can we agree on that point, Caleb? The- hey, only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> All right. Um, also, we've talked about crowd sound a lot of times. I will point out that the Premier League kind of does it in a little bit more of an obscure way. I feel like in the Bundesliga, you could actually hear individual songs. In the Premier League, it kind of sounds like stuff, but it's not quite. Which is like the Premier League. You never hear actual like chants. <laughs> yeah. The crowds in the Bundesliga are so much better. And probably crowds in MLS are so much better. Norwich played Southampton. Southampton beating Norwich 3-0. Uh, Norwich absolutely on their way down. like a, Sinking like a rock. Yeah, yeah out of there. And um, apparently my notes say that fun fact. Hey, guys, this is a fun fact. Todd Cantwell has the same birthday as Sasha. How did you figure this out, Sasha? Oh, from watching the game, because that fact was more interesting than anything going on in the pitch. Oh, okay. When is your birthday? <laughs> February 27th. Oh, that's nice. It's a pre-COVID birthday. That's good. I mean, that depends on what facts you're... <laughs> Which year? In. Yeah, this year it is. <laughs> Next year, who knows? You know? Um, all right, Tottenham played Manchester United to a 1-1 draw. Horror in Jose Mourinho land as he is unable to beat his former team. Yeah, that's... There are so many teams you can say that against. <laughs> that's crazy. I just thought about that. Uh, but Stephen Bergwijn with a fucking cannon of a shot off of David De Gea and in, and then Bruno Fernandes uh, converted a penalty. Uh, Paul Podbo came on for his first half of football since Boxing Day. And played extremely well with Bruno Fernandez in that midfield and uh, Stop McTominay alongside them uh, in that three-man midfield. Um, yeah, there's there's no Tay Davis out there. It's probably the best one of so far in that in that match in that week. And you should know because you've watched a whole lot of them. I watched almost every single game, <laughs> and you don't care about any of those fans, Caleb. Still. You saw so many of them, I'm, so ha- all this happiness, and still your cold heart. I'm glad they're happy. The fact they're on the screen does not bother me whatsoever. <laughs> um, and if they were gone, also like I would be like, where did where where they go? What the? I, I don't care. I like the nuance we're adding to this analysis of these twenty people. On the <laughs> if they were wear- all wearing scarves, you know, it wouldn't. It would. I'd be happy that they were warm. You know. Uh, anyway, are they all English people, by the yeah. way, or, or are they also putting fans from like America on there and like? <laughs> no idea. Okay, I have no clue. All right, like, let's not. I mean, I mean, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Watford versus Leicester. This game ending one-one. Uh, you guys showed me highlights of this game that started in the 89th minute. Yeah, exactly. Because that's when the highlights started. That's when the good soccer started. Took a little. The teams, they're like diesel engines in this game. They're a long time to warm up, you know? <laughs> Deep cut, man. Deep cut. Um, <laughs> uh, two goals. Both came in stoppage time. Uh, listening to uh, Football Weekly, I think the, only, this happened only one other time when two goals were scored in second half stoppage time in a game. Them being the only two goals of the game. That was Arsenal versus Liverpool in like 2005. Back when Arsenal was good. 
Yeah, remember those days? Back in Liverpool was not so good. <laughs> oh, you how said it, not me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were two years removed from Champions League, but, you know. Uh, ben Chilwell, though, uh, left back for Leicester with an absolute streamer outside the box to give those Foxes the lead for only about two minutes. Because defender Craig Dawson on a corner does a bicycle kick for his first ever Premier League goal. And quoted later saying, I've practiced that in training, to which the Watford goalkeeper Ben Foster responded with, I've never seen him do that in training. <laughs> <laughs> Just sold out immediately. Uh, that's, yeah, I mean, that was insane, man. Two defenders, both scoring in stoppage time, as you were saying. I mean, both like up for goal of the week for sure. That, I mean, that has to be rigged, man. That, that's like the Premier League people were like, yo, the game so far have been kind of lame. Writers. Just yeah, exactly. Just like, make it happen. Make it happen, people. Don Garberson does his way of rigging everything, and now we can put it into place. MLS taking over the world. Hey, uh, Brighton played Arsenal to a 2-1 win. Uh, Brighton home Albion getting, uh, you know, everyone's punching bag in their sights and finishing on top. Um, Arsenal goalkeeper Bernd Leno uh, stretched off after a collision with Neil um, Wape. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, Sasha. As an Arsenal fan, I, I, I'm right there with Leno on whatever he said as he was getting stretched off and shaking his fist. Um, I'm worried about him. He's uh, it's been announced that he has a ligament injury, uh, ligament strain. It's yeah, and it, sprain or strain. Yeah, whichever one is. Yeah, um, he's. Not expected to come back to training in for four to six weeks, which pretty much means the season's over for him. Yeah, pretty pretty harsh stuff. But I guess at this point, you know, maybe not playing the rest of these COVID games is might put you in the best happiest place. You know, if you're just forced to sit him out, I don't know. Maybe these guys are such big professionals; it probably hurts them to to have to do this, something like that. I, I just, I mean. I, I disagree. I don't think it was a dirty play by Neil Mwapai. But it was unfortunate, obviously. And I'm happy that Bern Leno didn't tear everything in his knee. That's what it sounded and looked like when he went down. He was screaming, um, dude. Unfortunately, yeah, his teammate's yeah, reaction one, made it look extremely painful. Yeah, one you know bonus of the uh, not having fans in there, you can hear all the streams of pain <laughs> from an injured player. It's just so great. Um <laughs> But yeah, it sounded like he tore everything in his knee, and luckily only a sprain, uh, six weeks off for the season. But still, that's probably the best for him at this point, playing for us Arsenal team that's needs some overhaul in the off season. Let's uh, also mention a few other scores. West Ham United played Wolves. Wolves win two nil. Um, Bournemouth played Crystal Palace to a two two nil loss. Palace getting the win, however, their beloved. Uh, Eagle passed away this week, so condolences to everyone at Crystal Palace for that. Uh, Newcastle played Sheffield to a 3-0 win. Chelsea beating Aston Villa 2-1. Uh, on the on the sidelines was John Terry speaking into a little earpiece and, and saying, eliminate him every time Christian Pulisic did something good on the pitch. Which was very quickly after he got onto the pitch. Uh, he was subbed down in the 60th minute. Or somewhere around there, and scored about four minutes later, um, the uh, tying goal as uh, Aston Villa down up one nothing in the first half. Then Olivier Giroud um, scored the game winner two minutes after Pulisic's goal. So uh, real, real fire, uh, firecracker that uh, real spark plug that Christian Pulisic. 
Everton played Liverpool in, in a... Nothing happened. Let's move on. Right. They need six points to win Liverpool. That's not Everton. To win the title. Uh, <laughs> f- five five points now. Right, exactly. They, they got five one points. of those points. So uh, there you go. I mean, let's see what... We're going we're gonna to tie five games in a row <laughs> for like, the worst title. <laughs> no, Just because that, then you'd be Arsenal pre-COVID if you tied five games in a row. <laughs> Jurgen Klopp asking there to be an asterisk next to this title win. You know, I've been joking with Caleb about it all like last few weeks. Now Jurgen Klopp being like, yeah, bring in the asterisk. We want it. I want a giant one. Put an asterisk next to the title win. Put an asterisk on my face. Tattoo it right here. I feel no pain. You can't finish me. I believe that's how the, his, his goat went. As, as we all know, Jurgen Klopp is a man who is a great manage, manager, can uh, really do the best out of people. And one of those tactics he must use is reverse psychology. And he's using that right now. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. It's clear. And also, even if we have an asterisk, where's the trophy? It's in the Liverpool trophy case. Come True. On. True. City, Manchester City played Burnley, winning 5 0. However, um,. This game, unfortunately, marred by the presence of a plane flying above the Etihad with the message, White Lives Matter. Burnley, the perpetrators of this, um, completely unrepentant. You know, already this season, we've had to discuss the fact that there's been a surge of racism in the Premier League. Europe as a whole. This podcast stopped covering Serie A with uh, you know, all of the racist incidents that happened at the start of the European season. And there's all that stuff about Raheem Sterling towards the end of last year. And I, I feel like this is just the culmination, right? Like th- this is this is a trend that has reached, hopefully reached its zenith. Hopefully, this is the apex at which everyone stops, looks at themselves and says, What the is going on here like how did it get to this a racist message not just like shouted by some idiot in the stands not just on some like random sticker or poster out in the stadium not just said uh on some sort of cell phone footage that was like smuggled in some bar or something no a huge plane flying it uh, above the stadium i i i I just it's staggering it's staggering i mean this, this obviously coming in response to the Premier League choosing to put Black Lives Matter on the back of every player's uh, jerseys, uh, every game. Uh, I, I believe I haven't I haven't actually watched the Premier League games. I believe they started with some with an acknowledgement of BLM as well. There was yeah the rough and blow the whistle. So they would march, walk out, have a moment of silence for the NHS and the people who have passed away from due to COVID, and then uh, they'd line up blow the whistle and then they'd take a knee for one minute and and uh and uh, uh stand to signify this they're standing with the black lives matter protests i mean you know this hasn't happened here like this this plane but i i want to take a moment and and say it i i feel like our, our listeners have probably probably heard this before maybe some of you haven't when people say black lives matter what they're saying is we want them to matter as much as white lives. It's not like white lives, the, the black lives matter people are like black lives should or should be the only ones that matter. The problem is that they've mattered less. So when you say white lives matter, that's a fucking joke because yes, of course they do. Everybody knows that. That's the system is set up for that. 
And when you say all lives matter, that's basically saying, you know, when 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 your house is burning down and, and the fire brigade comes and starts putting the house out, your neighbor running out and saying, hey, why aren't you putting the fire, like putting some of that water that you're blowing on this house on fire? Why aren't you putting that on my house? That's not on fire. That that's that's basically the 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 thing that when people say white lives matter, all lives matter in response to black lives matter. The and I pro- do go ahead, Sasha. I, I do want an end to that rhetoric because you're not being witty when you you know try to argue and say well, white lives matter. You're not you're not being smart. You're being you're showing your ignorance of the situation. You know, white lives have not been oppressed for multiple centuries and still have to fear for the lives. That, you know, every time a, a cop comes up. Fuck, man. We live... I, both of us, I think, Sasha, live within about a mile of a place where a guy got shot. A black man was shot in his car with a little kid in the back seat for doing nothing. You know? Like, just... just we, we've seen that there's, there's no qualifiers. There's no, there's no justification for any of this stuff that's happening. It's just... It's a systematic racist bias that's worked into multiple societies around this world. And that's why this is a global movement. To say Black Lives Matter, to emphasize that, and finally hope for some lasting change. And this kind of clownery, where someone actually hires a plane to put out this kind of racist message. I will say that there have been other ultras from around the world who have unveiled banners that have the same message. It's just disgusting shit. One set of ultras actually put out a banner that says, Ultra Lives Matter. I mean, what can you... I mean, I don't even know what to say in response to that. Like, ultra... Are you fucking equating being a fucking soccer ultra to the lived experience of black folk? Like, are you insane? Have you lost your fucking mind? Um, But anyway, this is, I mean, all I can say is I'm tired of talking about incidents like this. I'm tired of talking about fucking stuff like this that happens around the world. Um, I, I really hope that this is a moment where everyone just stops and says, okay, what, what, what led to this? You know? And, and, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what else to say. Um, the the truth of the matter is all lives cannot matter until black lives do. Yeah. That is a yeah. A, that is the simplest way I can put it. Um, there's two videos that we we have retweeted on our Twitter account at United Fans TWO. Um, one is a conversation between the NBC Sports. Um, Premier League team, uh, Rebecca Lowe and uh, Robbie Musto, and I forget the other guy's name, Kyle something. But Robbie Musto is a former Premier League player who is black. So he's in, uh, English, living in New York. He talks about his experience. And it's a very deep conversation, very good conversation that you should watch. It's about five minutes long. Also, you should watch another video we retweeted um, of uh, Ben Mee, is a Burnley defender, his interview after the game. Um, Ben Mee is a white player, but the way he talks is how, how, um, us, uh, Sasha and I and, uh, uh, white people in general should talk about this whole thing. Um, it's very well thought out and, um, he, he has quite the head on his shoulders for losing five, nothing, but obviously that's not the, the important news of the day for him as a Burnley player. Um, one of the quotes that I pulled out from that was, I'm embarrassed, I'm I'm ashamed and embarrassed. Um, and I think that shows how his teammates feel and how the uh, um, Burnley club feels as well. 
Um, it, it, it honestly shouldn't happen. We've seen this everywhere in soccer around the world and bigger punishments need to be put down on fans who do this and teams that allow it. And it's because of incidents, incidents like this that we do need uh, groups like the Black Players Coalition. And at this, at this time in history, not only do they need to exist, but we need to help put a spotlight on them and help help them have their voices heard and encourage them to like fight against racism in soccer because it's it's rampant globally yeah all right um yeah i I could i could address this topic in in more detail i feel like i want to keep talking about it but we just have to move on because uh you know we'll be this is all we'll talk about if, if we keep going there's so much to say there's such a complex discussion to be had last thing i'll say is there was a fucking idiot talking about how blm are terrorists in minnesota united mentions um and if if you're that kind of person at this point with everything that we've seen i'm cutting you out of my life you know if if that is your viewpoint now i i am done okay i should have been done years ago but it's you know we all reach a limit and this is the point at which i yeah anyway like I said, we can keep going. We just have to end this and keep moving. Uh, Leicester City played Brighton to a nil-nil draw. Spurs played Wham to a two-nil draw. And I think this is a North London derby, is it? Or which one is this? What's it called? Uh, West Ham is actually in East London, East London. because names are stupid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Hi. And uh, it's Tottenham really had the advantage going up against two people, one of them who is dead. <laughs> in Wham. Aha. Okay. All right. Sounds good. No, AHA is a different band. They're from Norway. Right. Oh, my God. On a roll, Caleb. <laughs> He's just going to take on me, huh? Okay, all right. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to a segment we call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about already. Let's talk about Bundesliga, where a little bit more of the picture came into view. Fortuna Dusseldorf so- and Werder Bremen are now confirmed to be the two relegation spots that are above Paderborn. We just don't know which one is going to be in the relegation playoff spot. And uh, we don't know uh, who they'd play if they did the, were in the relegation spots. It'd be either be Heidenheim or Hamburg from the Schweinbundesliga. Uh, coming up from the Schweinbundesliga, though, is Arminia and Stuttgart. So congratulations to Shane, who is a Stuttgart supporter. Hey, that's great. They went down that recently, poor- right? Yeah, last year. That poor soul. I, I did not know the, an entire country was playing in this two Bundesliga, though. <laughs> you know, Armenia is a proud nation, and it's... I'm, I'm glad that they're it's Ar- going to be in the Bundesliga Blaufeld, but <laughs> A-R-M-I-N-I-A. Oh, okay, so you're... Blaufeld. Okay. I, I, Do they also play in the World I Cup? I didn't realize... <laughs> no, I don't think they made it. Okay, alright. <laughs> um, but uh, two, two, uh, one Champions League spot left for Germany up for grabs uh, with Bayern, Dortmund, and Leipzig sealing their spots in next year's Champions League. Uh, Leverkusen and Mladbach will fight for the last spot. Leverkusen plays Mainz, and Mladbach plays Hertha Berlin. Um, last uh, Bundesliga game or Bundesliga match day is this Saturday. So, If Mladbach and Dusseldorf win their respective games, they will seal their fates as the Champions League spot and the relegation playoff spot respectively as they are both two points above Leverkusen 
and Werder, respectively, at the two ends of the table. All right. Well, with that, I believe that's the end of our soccer news. It is time for us to thank our $20 tier patrons, uh, Eric Olson, who I believe is known to one of the folks on this podcast. Thank you. Hi, Dad. I love you. Thank you for signing up as a league commissioner tier patron. We really appreciate it. Uh, Also, you will receive two two United fans stickers soon. Uh, I need to get... I believe your address is in Patreon, but I'm pretty sure Caleb... Caleb, do you have any stickers to send your dad? uh, I'll see him next month, so I can do him. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know if I have stickers, but I will see him next month. If you did stickers to me... I did to him, or I, I might just mail him, mail them to him, and give you some. I, you know. I also have his address if you want that. <laughs> it's easier. For, that's easier for you. I'm glad we're we're discussing this. I on, know where he lives on, on the air. <laughs> <laughs> but again, thanks also to all our other patrons as well. We really appreciate you very much. If you haven't signed up already, get signed up to Patreon. It uh, gets you onto our Slack. It gets you extra content depending on how what tier you sign up on. There's some really nifty stuff on there. And if you want to give me a thousand dollars a month. I will say nice things about Atlanta United. Just know that that's, Give that's us. my price. No, 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 no. Give us a thousand. For the Atlanta United <laughs> thing, that's mine. All the other money goes to United fans, but the Atlanta United tier folks. All right, this is an off. This is an off my conversation. <laughs> <laughs> my personal honor Art. is at stake, Caleb. If I'm going to sell out, <laughs> we should profit from it. You're right. Yeah, I'll finish sentence for you. Uh, that'll that'll be our sending discussion this week is us is arguing about where to put the money that will never come in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Kaelson716. Thanks to the Tetonics for these on Lustless at our theme music. Check them out on Bandcamp and SoundCloud and Facebook. Um, they're a great band. I'm at Pickup Lion. That's L I O N. You can find this podcast at TW United Fans on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on fine podcast providers everywhere. With that, We're going to end this week's show. We'll come back to you in another week. Goodbye, everybody.